This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Well, hello, it's Scott Pinyard, head coach of This Naked Mind, and I am back with another edition of Coaching Questions. I hope you're doing well. I hope everything is going awesome for you. I have four incredible questions, and I'm going to dive right in. So question number one. Hi, Scott. Hi. Uh, I'm doing well with changing a lot of my drinking triggers, but still struggle, struggle with celebrating. Why do really happy occasions trigger my need for alcohol? That is a great question. And, you know, one of the things, and I hear about this a lot, right? No matter what time of year, there's always some sort of celebration going on, whether it's, you know, the holidays, which are coming up for us right now, or if it's the, you know, spring turning into summer and everyone's outside, or whether it's vacations or weddings, or, I mean, there's always something. Um, And celebration and alcohol for many, many people go hand in hand. Um, So, There's a reason for this, um, and there's a reason that you are feeling that pull uh, every time you celebrate, and the reason is this, right? We have been uh, culturally habituated to celebration equals alcohol. Think about every celebration you've ever been to. Think about every movie you've ever watched. What happens when someone wins the World Series, right? They shake up a bottle of champagne, right? Every single instance of celebration in our culture is absolutely drenched in alcohol. It's the thing you do. Um, And so what ends up happening is that creates this subconscious conditioning, right? To where your brain is very closely associating the feeling of celebration with the feeling of inebriation, right? These two things are very much linked for us. Um, And when they're linked for us, uh, you know, we get these subconscious cues. So even if you've been alcohol-free for a while, you could walk into a celebration and suddenly find yourself saying like, man, I really think I should have a drink. Right. The reason for that is the pattern that you've lived your entire life with. Um, So first and foremost, this is absolutely not your fault. This is a trigger that everybody has. It's something that uh, we all have to figure out how to sort out. And I have some practical tips to help you do that. One of my favorites, I had a uh, I had a client who uh, sent me a message one time. And she was talking about how she had to trim the Christmas tree with her family. And it was this annual event where I think it was just her her uh, nuclear family. So like husband and kids, right, were about to trim the tree. And every year when they did it, they put on the Christmas music and she drank red wine. Right. And so she was newly alcohol free. And this this day was coming up um, and she wasn't sure like how how she was going to get through it. And, and so she sent me a message. She said, Scott, how how do I deal with this? Like. Trimming the tree and drinking wine have been inexorably linked for a long time, just like celebrating and drinking um, is linked in this question. And so the question that I asked her um, is I asked her to sit down and visualize this event, right? So visualize um, trimming the tree. What is it about trimming the tree that she's looking forward to, right? What is it? Is it time with the family? Is it Bing Crosby on the radio? Is it just being warm and toasty outside while it's all cold outside? You know, what is that thing? 
Um, and so she did that exercise and she found that none of it was the alcohol. It was all the experience. And so it was a matter of reframing this event instead of it being an alcohol based event for an event that she's looking forward to for the specific reasons. And the same thing is true with celebrating, right? If you ask yourself the question, what am I actually looking forward to at a celebration, right? A lot of times a celebration is is a party because something is done, right? Whether it be a big choice or whether it's a wedding you've been planning forever or whether it's just a holiday celebration of like, wow, we've made it through another year, guys. Here we are, right? Define for yourself, what is that thing that I'm celebrating? What is the thing um, that I can be happy about there, right? And reframe the entire experience around that. What you will find, and I'll just give you a shortcut right now, and, and I hear this every time I try this exercise with people. Um, what you will find is that the thing that you are shortcutting, um, the thing that you know that you're replacing with alcohol, is actually way more enjoyable than the alcohol itself. So ask yourself that question: What am I celebrating? How do I want to feel when I'm celebrating? And compare that to how you feel with alcohol. You know, ultimately, like I said, this is not your fault. This is everywhere in society. But if you are extremely clear with yourself, no, I'm celebrating. I am going to take time to give myself a pat on the back, or to give someone else a pat on the back, or to connect with people, or whatever that celebration might be. Um, if you're very clear with yourself, then alcohol doesn't need to be a part of it. Um, so that's my biggest tip for dealing with celebration and just know that you're not alone. So many people uh, struggle with this idea and specifically how to deal with celebrating alcohol free. So thank you for writing in. I hope that helps. Question number two. Have you talked about dreams before? Early alcohol free for me and I'm waking up for some really unsettling dreams that feel true to life and freak me out before I realize it was just a dream. Any thoughts? Yes, I have a ton of thoughts. So first of all, um, dreams during uh, early alcohol-free times, you know, especially alcohol-related dreams, are very, very common. Um, and one of the reasons for this is, you know, like we're thinking about it all the time. I actually have a question later on about obsessed about not drinking, um, but we're spending a lot of time thinking about not drinking, right? And for a lot of us, that's a lot of you know time, as in like actual minutes and hours, but also time as an effort, right? So like this effort that we put into this, and whether it's you know watching the the module or reading the book or connecting with people who are on the same path, whatever that might be, um, it is a constant source of thought for us. Now, what happens when we sleep is our brain is kind of resting up and processing all of that stuff to figure out what can we get rid of? What do we want to keep? You know, there's a whole process that happens. Um, and very often the things that we're spending a lot of time thinking about during the day show up in our dreams at night. I'm sure you've experienced this in the past. Um, now, generally what happens um, and what I've heard so many stories of, and I'm going to tell you my own story in a second, um, is that the dreams that tend to surface up, uh, the dreams that tend to surface during early alcohol free have a lot to do with us choosing to drink, right? So maybe being 30 days in and deciding that that was enough or um, it could be any number of things or they have to do with that or they have to do with the particular things that we are very not proud of from when we were drinking. So maybe you got a DUI, right? Maybe you had a particularly bad argument with someone. Maybe you got in a fight. I had one guy one time tell me he kept dreaming about this fight he had. Um, 
these things come up because our brain is processing them. So first and foremost, I want you to know this is a really good sign, right? This means that your brain is processing what you're in the middle of right now. And as unpleasant as the experience might be, at the end of the day, you having a better experience and you processing these emotions and these thoughts is how you get to the other side. So when you wake up after some of these difficult dreams, you know, give yourself a pat on the back and be like, hey, I'm one step closer. That is progress. I know that's counterintuitive, but I got to tell you, that's what's happening here. As far as, uh, well, let me tell you my story and then I'll tell you what to do about it. So my story was crazy. So um, where I used to work, where I worked when I quit alcohol, um, we had beer there from time to time. Honestly, most of the time I bought it, um, but there was beer in, in the office. And I remember in my dream, I was like, I don't know. I think I was like right around a couple weeks in when this happened. Um, so I was about a couple weeks alcohol free. And in my dream, I had this normal day at work. And then four o'clock hit, which was normally when if anyone was cracking a beer, we'd be doing it. And uh, my coworker came in and he's like, hey, buddy, you want to you want to grab a beer? And I remember like I was thinking I remember this dream so vividly, too. Um, I was thinking like, well, you know what? It's been a few weeks. I've done pretty well. Right. I kind of talked myself into it. Um, and so I said, yeah, fine. Right. And so we sit in the office and we have a beer. And then while I'm having that beer, some friends text me. And they're like, dude, we're going out tonight. Do you want to go? And da da da. We miss you. I haven't seen you in a while. Now, I've already had a beer. I'm not thinking super straight at that point. So I'm like, hell yes. So I go straight from work. And again, this is in my dream. I go straight from work down to here in Portland. There's an area called the Old Port, which is just full of bars. Um, straight from work to the Old Port um, and proceed to get wasted in my dream. I mean, just like obliterated drunk. Now, also in this dream, I drove home, right? So I'm dreaming about drunk driving. I'm dreaming about breaking this promise to myself. Now, here's the freaky thing, and this is what really freaked me out about it. The whole thing was super vivid. Like I was really, it was, it was very, very real. Um, and in my dream, I came home very late at night. My wife was very upset at me. I basically got home, took my clothes off, and got into bed. And then my alarm went off. But what happened, my dream ended when I fell asleep. And then in real life, my alarm went off. And actually, for the first few minutes that I was awake, I was convinced that I had a hangover. Right now, I'm not in the dream anymore. I was convinced that this had happened. Like, it was so vivid. It was so real. Like, I was positive that all of this just happened. And I went to a hundred. Like, I was just... I was so scared. I was trying to think of like, what am I going to tell my wife? What am I going to tell this? How am I going to deal with this? Oh my God, I drove home last night. You know, I was having all of these thoughts. And actually during that time, I, I felt like I had a hangover. And it wasn't until a few minutes went by that I realized, wait, that's not what happened. <laughs> and granted, I mean, it could be that I had so many nights when I did not remember going to bed that like, I'm not used to thinking that way, but it took me a few minutes um, to actually recognize that this was a dream. This wasn't reality. Um, and man, I was really happy, but <clears throat> it scared the hell out of me. Um, so this happens a lot. And let me give you a couple of uh, things that you can do. First, one thing that I uh, always recommend doing is that if something like this happens to you and you remember it, write it down, capture it, express it in some way. 
a lot of times what happens is people have dreams like this and hold it in and just build up stress and pre stress and pressure about it. But again, like I said earlier, it's actually a really good thing, right? So holding it in and getting stressed out about it isn't going to help you. Um, next, if this is a repeated dream, um, you know, make sure that your bedtime routine and your morning routine are good. Make sure you're giving yourself enough time to sleep. Um, I don't know if this is scientific or not. Well, it's not scientific, but I can tell you the people that I've talked to about it, and it was the case for me as well, that were having those alcohol-related dreams also weren't sleeping very much. Um, so make sure that you give yourself adequate, right, the full seven to eight hours that we're supposed to get, um, time to rest. Finally, one thing that some people have told me has helped with them, especially if it's been a repetitive dream, is allow yourself to take some naps. Um, you know, whether that's naps on the weekend or whatever that might be. Remember, our bodies are going undergoing a huge healing process. And so we need a lot of sleep. We need a lot of energy um, in order for that sleep to happen. And so if you are, um, if you're paying attention to that, if you're giving your body that rest, um, it's going to make a huge difference for you going forward. Um, so Thank you for writing that in. You are not alone. A lot of us have crazy alcohol dreams. Um, it is part of the process for many of us. Um, so follow those tips and hopefully that'll help you. Um, and don't worry, they don't last forever. I've yet to meet someone who had these dreams that says, uh, you know, years out, like I'm still having them. Um, it's, a, it's a phase that we go through as we process what we're doing. So I hope that helps. Thank you for writing in. All right, next question is a short one. I'm gonna take a drink of water first. And it goes like this. What are your opinions on alcohol-free wines and beers? Well, so um, there's two kind of ways to look at this. And um, I'll give you my opinion second and kind of my story with them second. But let me tell you what I see, right? So most of the time uh, when someone's going through this process, they ask this question like, oh, is AF beer okay? Is AF wine okay? There's a whole line of alcohol-free spirits, uh, like Seedlip, if you've heard of that. There's a million others as well. Um, the answer is, uh, unfortunately, I hate when I have to give this answer, but it's true. Uh, the answer is, it depends, right? Whether this is a good idea for you or not, very much depends. So if you find yourself um, being triggered by the taste of beer, right? If you find yourself being triggered by the taste of wine, um, then it's probably not a bad uh, not a good idea to, to go forward with. If, on the other hand, you enjoy that alcohol-free beer or enjoy that alcohol-free wine or alcohol-free cocktail, then it can be great, right? For a lot of people, it serves kind of as a replacement to that thing you reach for when you come home. Now, this is different for everybody, which is why we don't have a blanket recommendation. I've worked with thousands of people through our programs, and I've probably had at least as many opinions about alcohol-free stuff. Um, and it can change for you over time, too. Like, that's, that's what happened to me. Um, so when I first quit drinking, I decided not to do alcohol-free beer. Um, I got real into seltzer. Um, there's a popular seltzer company here in New England called Polar. Um, they have seltzer everywhere. It was available everywhere. It was a perfect thing for me. So I started drinking a lot of seltzer. I remember I was about a month or so in, and um, for some reason, I don't remember why. This is a weird thing. But uh, for some reason, I had a craving, like a really strong craving for root beer one day. And not like, you know, I mean, nothing against A&W, but like I wanted that like, you know, hipster craft root beer that you can get here in Portland. Um, and so I stopped at a place and I bought some and it came in brown bottles. So I bought it and I brought it home and I came home and I opened one up and I'm holding the bottle and I'm talking to my wife 
Um, and I'm just starting to feel super anxious and just kind of yucky. Um, and I, I didn't know why. Um, and I looked down at the bottle and I happened to be holding it in a very specific way, just like I used to hold beer bottles. Just that was enough of a trigger for me. I poured it in a glass and I drank the rest and it was fine. My point of telling you this story is that there are going to be certain things, certain sense memories for you that are going to be stronger than others. Um, so if you try it and you feel like it doesn't work, don't worry about it. Throw it out. Now, fast forward a few years and now um, I'll have an alcohol-free beer like once or twice a month. Um, sometimes I do it after, you know, while I'm grilling, um, you know, something like a Heineken zero zero just seems to fit with that. Um, but it doesn't happen very often. Um, and so that's my story with it. And like I said, everyone has a different experience. Um, so if you're curious about it, one thing you can absolutely do is, is try it out, see how it makes you feel. If you're not curious about it and you're thinking, no, I think this is too much of a trigger, then don't do it, right? There's no requirement one way or the other. It's only about something that helps you. So if this feels like something that might help you, and I will say the alcohol-free beer world, which I'm more familiar with than uh, wine or spirits, um, has really grown over the last few years. There's all types of, op of options available for you. It's not... You know, I say it's not your dad's AF beer. Uh, you know, it's not just O'Doul's anymore. There's a lot out there, a lot available. Um, so my suggestion is to think about it. If you feel intrigued by it, go ahead and experiment. I mean, the worst thing that happens is you buy some of it and you're like, nope, this is no good for me. And you, and you leave it alone. So I hope that helps. Unfortunately, I don't have a blanket suggestion. It's really up to the individual. But thank you for writing the question in. Okay, last question uh, goes like this. I sometimes feel like I'm obsessing about not drinking. By that I mean I find myself reminding myself about all the negatives about drinking so that I don't drink as well as the positives. I have been doing well, but I wonder about this self-talk. It's like I am brainwashing myself, although I know it's all true. Uh, what a fantastic question. So um, what happens uh, a lot of times, you know, when, when we quit is, um, you know, we'll focus on those negative things. Like there's a reason that you're listening to this podcast right now. And there's a reason um, that you've decided to, to change your alcohol consumption. And more than likely, that reason isn't something that you're super happy about. Um, and so, uh, for a lot of people, this progress, this process can be very negative. Like, oh, I'm quitting this thing and I actually like this thing, but I'm quitting this thing because I don't want to do that thing. Right. And so we are, um, and it's true with the willpower method as well. We're really pounding on ourselves. Like, don't do this. Like, if you do this, it's going to be bad. You know, all of those bad messages. Um, and so what happens to us over time is we end up in a situation where we kind of get this thought loop going, where we're constantly reminding ourselves about the negatives. We're constantly saying, wait a minute, don't do that because then you're going to do that thing you don't want to do. Um, and it can absolutely feel obsessive. And like I said earlier in the episode, you know, obviously there are times when we are hyper-focused on alcohol, we're hyper-focused on quitting alcohol, um, and this can really uh, take a toll on just our normal thought patterns because we're so focused, right? It seems to be omnipresent for us. Um, and the self-talk about the negative isn't necessarily damaging, um, but there's a good way to tell. If you feel bad all the time, 
If you're alcohol-free and you feel bad and you're making us feel yourself feel bad about something that happened in the past or something you don't want to happen in the future, then yes, this self-talk might be damaging. If, on the other hand, you're more of like, man, I'm really glad I don't have that bad thing in my life anymore. I'm really glad I don't wake up with a hangover anymore. Um, that can be very good because that's generating gratitude um, and generating an idea and the, the attitude that's like, hey, I'm in a better place. Um, so it really depends. If you are continuing to beat yourself up, what I recommend on that is to look at those thoughts. Um, if you're familiar with the ACT technique, you can use the ACT technique on those to kind of understand, wait a minute, is this helpful or not? Right? Is there a different thought I can have um, than this negative thought that isn't making me feel good? Um, if you, on the other hand, uh, are able to think these negative things in a good way, right? So if you can change this, oh, I can't believe I did that to, man, I'm so glad I'm not doing that right? That feels very different. Um, and so that might be an option for you as well, is take these negative thoughts and these negative consequences and talk about how glad you are that you're not having them. What you will find is over time, as you become more and more used to living alcohol-free, um, this just becomes automatic, right? Living free, alcohol-free just becomes a thing you do, and then you don't have to think about it as much. And so when that happens, those negative thoughts will dissipate over time as well. Um, but it's not, un, it's not unusual for people to really be focused on the things they don't want to do. But like I said, one of my main suggestions on that is take that focus on those things you don't want to do and talk about gratitude for the fact that you don't have to experience those things anymore. Um, that can cause a really big shift in your thinking and will probably help you feel better too. Um, so I hope that helps. Awesome question. Thank you for writing that in. Okay, everybody, that's it from me. Good to see you. Uh, I hope you're all having a fantastic month. And as always, I will be back next month with another edition. Take care. Hi, I'm so excited, you guys, because we are just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you do not know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAE. That's LAE for live alcohol experiment. And here's the thing. This 30-day challenge is designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You know it's that version that's living the most joyful life, that version that doesn't need alcohol to relax, or have a good time and that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful for, than ever. Again, it's a 30-day challenge. It's live. It's starting on the first. So hurry up. Go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAE. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.